Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flying Casual, an all Fall Guys podcast. Oh, wait. Oh. This was the remix intro. This is the, the Fall Guys remix intro. We're bumping in here. It's like a freaking flash mob <laughs> just happened out of nowhere. Because it's just <laughs> me and you here. Well. That would be a pitiful flash mob. I mean, Chewie might dance a little. Wow, that's giving Chewie a lot of credit. He does a little dance when he wants to go outside. Sure, yeah, because if he doesn't, he's going to crap everywhere. Aw. But, yeah, that's okay. And guys, not a, I didn't mean to deceive everyone there. Not a Fall Guys podcast, so I know it's hot right now. I know it's topical. We're still talking Star Wars here on Flying Casual. Though sometimes, Holly, we do a little Fall Guys gaming. Okay, wait. We got to talk about Fall Guys oh, for, God. like, one second, though, because yeah. I need to play that more so I get better so then I can go in and dominate on these 12-year-olds yep. that are wow. doing this obstacle course better than me. They were. Well, and the game's been out a full two weeks or whatever. And we're, I, that's pretty good for us getting into a new game like that Wait, already. Yeah. It hasn't even been out two weeks. It's been out oh, 10, 12 days. 12 days, but... <laughs> We're going to talk. I'm sure Fall Guys is going to make its way back into the conversation somehow. Uh, it's pretty hot right now. But, guys, you are listening to a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Michael Canterbury. That is Holly. Uh, Holly, other than Fall Guys, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Today was a good day. It was a it good, was a good weekend. A lot of beverages were, you know, uh, drank and, and a lot of fun was had. Holly, you, I, I've never seen you so happy coming from the grocery on a Sunday. And you know why? <laughs> Why? Because you were actually able to buy alcohol from our local Kroger. And that's, that, that's not an easy task in the state of Ohio on a Sunday, Holly. I thought you were going to talk about the cat calling, and I was like, that made me oh. <laughs> not happy. Oh. But the alcohol part. Yeah. Short, I can see how that was deceiving. Yes, I'm really sorry. That was I did deceiving. not mean to. Yeah, I forgot about um, that. Go ahead. Short story time. <clears throat> went yep. to Target one time on a Sunday. That and, time being today. No, went to Target on a Sunday. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, sorry. And. I get to the self-checkout and one of the employees there walks up to me. I had a bottle of wine and she literally ripped it out of my hands and said, no, no, not today. What? Oh, no. She actually came from behind you and reached around you, over you and pulled it out and said, I'll be taking that. It was very violating. It was very violating. It was very strange. So I guess in Ohio, you still cannot buy alcohol from Target at any hour of the day on a Sunday. Come on, Target. That's an antiquated law. Let's get rid of that. Let the people have a beverage on the day of rest, okay? If we're going to, you know, get religious about it, we're all supposed to be relaxing on the Sabbath, okay? Also, Let us relax yeah. with a cold one in hand, Ollie. Anyway, so yeah. I went to Kroger yeah. today, and I got a bottle of wine. That's very good. Come on. And I got... A six-pack of Oktoberfest. Never seen you so happy after a grocery run on a Sunday. There were no lines. 
the lines. It was great. It was a great experience. Other than getting accosted out in the parking lot, that may be another story for another Mm -hmm. day, Holly. And I don't want to just, you know, just you know, barely gloss over that, but, but we it, can just put that behind us. Boy, there are some trashy people in this world. And those two gentlemen were a couple of them. How, you know, who else likes to drink on a Sunday? Oh, and our, hopefully buy on a Sunday. I think probably our good friend, Luke, our good friend, Luke, how, Luke, how the hell you doing, buddy? He's back. Hands off the Darth Malbec. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's actually funny. Cause that's what it was. It was, yeah, yeah, so that's a great point. It was, and it's, it's a hot commodity here, but on a Sunday, hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Luke, have you ever, you know, made the mistake of thinking you were in, you know, an establishment that allowed you to buy alcohol on a Sunday and then embarrassingly had it ripped out of your hands in line? <laughs> I've never been accosted because of it. Uh, but, you know, I am familiar with the, the strange, the strange law. Uh, I used, I did a lot of, quite early shopping at Trader Joe's Mm. and uh, they would put like a sign in the wine and beer section saying like, it's too early to buy this (laughs) on a Sunday. It was was like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. You could, you could buy it after that. But you know, the store opened at like eight and you couldn't buy it from eight to 10 or eight to 11 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's really, really frustrating because it's, it's so sort of arbitrary. Like, why does this matter? Well, yeah. and also, I mean, especially, you know, it's it's just, I don't know. Our, please, Catholic listeners, do not be offended by this. But, I mean, you got our Catholic friends going in there 1030, you know, enjoying a little of the sacrament, Holly, in the name of our Lord. I mean, what if they, And, I mean, why, why can they enjoy a little, you know, what if they as realize, disgusting as it may be out of one glass? Listen, yeah, go ahead. What if they realized right before service that they needed wine? Yeah. What Father are they going to do? Can't go to Target. That's guess, for damn sure. I guess someone's turning that know. water into wine. I and mean, hello. Could be Jesus. Jesus. I don't know. This is not a Fall Guys podcast and it sure is a religion podcast, Holly. But it might be an alcohol podcast. Well, we do have a happy hour. We do have a happy hour. We tend to talk about alcohol a lot. No, I'm not having a cold beverage today. I'm having just a nice ice water for the throat, Holly. But you're enjoying a, uh, an Oktoberfest there. We're nowhere close to October. I but don't care. That's okay. Well, we have it. Yeah, it's, it's just a little early. A little I, early. I think most of it takes place in September, actually. It's Great a little point. misleading. But, yeah, uh, I think you're right. So just like a month early. That is a good fact check. That is a good, that makes Holly feel a little better about drinking, you know, a fall beer. But uh, there's also pumpkin spice everywhere now. So it's it's ridiculous. I felt fine about purchasing the fall beer. Come on. And I still feel fine about it. Yeah. I will not apologize for that. I can't wait until pumpkin spice stuff comes out. I'm ready for Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice. I'm ready for Starbucks pumpkin spice. I want my venti iced chai latte with three pumps of the pumpkin in it. I don't care. I will take it right now. It's a lot of pumps. Phrasing. A lot lot of of pumpkin in there. Three pump. It's also a really big drink. I'm pretty sure you pay extra for that. I question. I was lost for a little bit at the beginning. (laughs) Fall guys, is there... (laughs) I have a real random question. Is there is it very pink? Is there a lot of pinkness to this? So much thing? pink, and okay. I, I think the characters I, look like toadstool. Holly says otherwise. The only reason I know this is one of my pandemic hobbies is pulling up concerts on YouTube, concert footage, <laughs> yes, live bands, yeah. And uh, since I'm a subscriber to Flying Casual Come on, on let's YouTube, go. Of course, let's go. I see this thumbnail like on the screen. <laughs> And it's, I see Holly and I see Michael <laughs> and then I see a bunch of pink because you know how the YouTube oh, yeah. thumbnails, even when you're not on the video, will kind of like rotate through some images of what the video contains. Absolutely. And I 
I just got sort of mesmerized by it for a minute, <laughs> and I was. Like, are they throwing what? a raver? What the hell? What are on? they doing? <laughs> it can be misleading, and I can see how people may have gotten notification that hey. Flying casual is gaming. Wait, they're not playing a Star Wars game? I mean, there's only so many Star Wars games. Okay, actually, I'll slight correction. Yeah. I guess that there is a... there. Okay, so in the game, you can, like, get these kudus, which... I, you know way more about this okay. game than I do it's after like, one. It sounds like a Star Wars creature. A oh, kudu. Right? A kudu? Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what it is that yeah. I'm trying to say. Anyway, it's you like it. currency in the game. Yeah. And you can use that to unlock new characters and new outfits. Yeah. So people have actually created modified outfits for the child and other Star Wars Jesus. characters. So okay. it is possible for you to see them, those Star Wars characters, yeah. in this game. So imagine yeah. the child wobbling around throughout an obstacle course. It fits course. perfectly. It, I actually think not that, a better character for I it. I think that Yoda would have been like the I mean the way he like yeah. jumps around and does his flips in the Clone Wars, I think that he would have been a perfect candidate for well, this hey, obstacle course. I feel like Yoda really just taps into those moments though when it's really necessary. If he's running through, you know, like a, a mud runner obstacle course with a bunch of balls flying at Listen. him, I feel like he's just going to be walking with his cane, which okay. could be entertaining. You too. know what yeah. then? We just need Kylo Ren going in yeah. there. And just like force <laughs> yeah. ground pounding yeah. the floor, yeah. and everybody gets knocked over, and then ground, he just, a ground pound. No, I, I, that's the biggest phrase you've ever said on the <laughs> podcast. That is a clip if I've ever seen one. A ground pound, Holly. Let's cut to you. Maybe a little blushing a little bit on that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, boy, I so, am. <laughs> okay. Anyway, hear me out. That's all I had to say. I think that you <laughs> would just knock, pound. do a ground yeah. pound, yeah. knock everybody over, and then just do his badass slow walk yeah. to the finish line. Well, Holly, when one is performing a ground pound, typically you do end up on the ground. I'm just going to say it. I'm just, most of the time, <laughs> a ground pound, t- Luke, am I wrong? It takes place on the ground. Sounds like it, yeah. Sounds like a ground Wait, pound is on the horizontal. I don't think that we're talking about the same kind of ground pound. Boy, Holly. If, <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> Folks, sorry about the banter, but, man, we have to – When we, we, it's a pandemic. You know, we haven't talked to Luke for yeah. a little while. Like, Holly and I have been playing Fall Guys like crazy, um, and we did a stream. You know, Mike's still figuring out this streaming thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, one day am I going to be as big as Dr. Disrespect. Absolutely. I still don't know. Yeah. No disrespect to Dr. Disrespect. Well, you're disrespecting him by saying that you don't know who he is. Well, I'm so sorry. It's not Dr. Not Disrespect. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, no, and I, hey, Holly called me out. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, Holly, okay, so yes, I've been following gaming streaming for a whole two weeks, but I've learned a lot, and my YouTube uh-huh. feed is full of it. Where yeah. it used to be full of, like, like Luke, live music, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Now it's just, like... Like Shroud, and these are the names that I've learned this past couple weeks. Like Shroud, Ninja, Wait, who has Shroud, blue hair. Shroud? Shroud. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know where he got the name. Maybe he bestowed it on himself. Like I have a no Shroud. Okay. I don't think he wears one. Grant, okay, I've never okay. seen the stream, but I'm pretty sure he's just a normal dude, no Shroud. Uh, Shroud has Dr. no Shroud. No Shroud. Dr. Disrespect, all these big names. And I'm like, that looks like a good time. Can one make a living doing that? Apparently you can. You can. I am nowhere close to there, but damn it, I'm hell-bent on figuring out how to do it and make it fun. And that's actually just why we do it, because it's a lot of fun, and I like seeing us make fools of ourselves, to be honest. That happens. It happens a lot. Um, so, guys, we are going to start doing some more streaming. Yeah, 10, 30, 11 p.m., really late to start that. That's where Holly starts really – her energy levels just go oh, yeah. down. I had no energy time. last night. Yeah. I was, like, falling asleep. Come on. 
I, I don't know. I'm like turning. Fantastic I used to be. I, <laughs> I used to be a night owl, and I yeah. would stay up so late, two thirty in the morning. I'm up playing video games, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can't do that anymore. Oh no. It hits like ten forty five, and I'm like, if I'm not in bed, I am cranky. Oh boy, yeah, and boy, do I am I on the receiving end of that? But uh, speaking of night owls, Holly just heard our neighborhood owl actually. He said, "Talk some Star Wars." Oh crap! But, oh wait. No, he, I actually did hear the owl, but. I, it sounded like he said that. Yeah, I think that would be more Mirai. That's Ahsoka's owl. Wow, I, I mean that would be fantastic. Right? If it was is that wrong? Then Ahsoka's probably standing out in the backyard. That would be somebody. Terrifying. Please go check one of these nights. I'm going to get a condenser mic out there, and you guys are going to hear the owl. We have actually have many an owl out there. Owls, um, probably hunting. You know, by night. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so just heard that guy. He said, talk some Star Wars. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk right. Star Wars, guys. There is actually a lot happening in Star Wars, and it it just. It caught me by surprise. I think I got complacent. I'm like, oh, yeah, a couple of And then it's like publishing's back on. I, I think 10 novels have come out in the past couple of months. Amazing. Ama- I'm so behind, though, on novels, getting up to speed on the comic books. But then the comic books just hit. We got a new, we have two new Vaders. We have, you know, a new main line. Like, we're going to talk about the main line today because it's a fun, it's a fun story about Luke Skywalker um, finally getting to his arc of this main line, which is awesome because we're starting to, we're going to see an established Luke Skywalker claimed Jedi. That's right. We don't know if he's gone through the, the full... Tra- I don't know. Do we? I, hey, Who knows? Ray claimed to be a, th- a freaking Jedi. She didn't do any training, Holly. Anyway. How does she do it? How does she do it? Must be magic. The Force. Not my Ray, but we're going to talk about that, <laughs> that fifth issue of the mainline, guys. And we were actually talking about the... Bad batch. I almost did not say what I intended to I say. I don't you know where you were going there, yeah. but yes, I was going to jump in and be like, bad batch. I was going to say Clone Wars. I, yeah. Technically, they were in it. I so. mean, sure. Yeah. So, Holly, let's talk about the Bad Batch. You had a synopsis. I think it came out probably 10 years ago at this point, <laughs> but we have a little description of the Bad Batch, maybe where they are mentally. I don't know. I just kind of want you to read that. Okay. And then, uh, Luke, I want to go to you with your reaction. Like, what was your – and we haven't even talked about this. It's been like a month. But, like, what was your initial reaction to this news? But, Holly, drop that description. All right. Dropping now or actually July 13th, 2020. <laughs> but coming soon on Disney Plus in 2021 oh. – uh, okay, so this series will follow the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch. Yeah. We know them from the Clone Wars. Right. As they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. So Boy. we know that, I mean, thank you, Star Wars. I yeah. love a good timeline. I yeah. like knowing when I am. So yeah, when did this take place? <laughs> um Members of Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. That's right. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on a daring mercenary mission, or I guess take on multiple mercenary missions, as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. Giving new and existing fans the final chapter of Star Wars The Clone Wars has been our honor at Disney+, Plus, and we're overjoyed mm. by the global response to this landmark series, said Agnes Chu, who's the senior VP of the Disney Plus content. Yeah. Um, while The Clone Wars may have come to its conclusion, our partnership with groundbreaking storytellers and artists at Lucasfilm Animation is only 
beginning. It's only beginning. And yeah, everything that they said is absolutely true and fantastically awesome. The other is, hey, big cash grab here. Big, big, you know, it's hot. Clone Wars is epic. It ended epically. And you know what? Here's a chance to talk about this Bad Batch you got introduced to and then also maybe bring in some big time Star Wars players. Luke, I, I recall when we were watching the Bad Batch, you, you even mentioning, like, what the hell happened to these guys? Like, post-66, like, <laughs> what what happened to them? It's almost like you were talking to Lucasfilm at the time and saying, you know what, that'd be cool to see. And they're like, you know what, Luke, genius. Let's have <laughs> you, you know, come write for us or something. So I, I'm going to need you to disclose if you're working for Lucasfilm or not because um, we – Technically, then could be a, a licensed podcast. I'll have it. Maybe we'll see. But w- were you shocked? I mean, I know you put that out there, but were you shocked that we're getting a bad batch series and especially seemingly so close up to the Clone Wars? Yeah, I, I didn't mention that that call from uh, God. You know, the producers over there after Frick. that episode where I they were like. Laying on us, give me everything you got as far as this bad batch goes. I think I do recall <laughs> hearing Luke hang up the phone and say, Yeah, Kathy, I gotta go. Michael's harassing <laughs> me right now, and then hung up and says, Yeah, guys, totally here. Been here the whole time. I, I, I remember that call. Luke. Important details. That's right. Yeah, I think my very initial reaction, like I think a lot of people, was a little underwhelmed in terms of, Oh, this is what we're getting next. Yeah. But then once you move beyond that initial reaction of like, and realize this is just the framing when they when they introduce this yeah. this new series and say, oh, it's, you're going to follow the Bad Batch. Well, we know it's going to have a broader scope than that eventually. Yeah, there's so many potential crossover characters that this group can encounter as they move through this this new Empire world. Absolutely, and there was a lot of speculation going into that final season of of the Clone Wars. And even I think speculation of the series back when it was still airing, like regularly before it got you know canceled and then and then resurrected again, mm-hmm. was could this thing go all the way through the events of Revenge of the Sith and beyond a little bit? Let's you know let's get some like immediately post Revenge of the Sith stuff mm-hmm. as the Clone Wars series. Well, the Clone Wars have ended, so that name doesn't make a lot of sense just as a title. Yeah, but basically this is. It sounds to me like it's just a Clone Wars, a straight Clone Wars continuation. Yeah. Um, but you have to give it a new title because the Clone Wars are over. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> new Empire. <laughs> so, you know, I think there, there's so much potential and fun. Uh, and, you know, when you look at Rebels, like, okay, what's Rebels going to be? Okay, this is the new gang of this new rebellion, new re- rebel group. Oh, we don't know anything about them. They're, they're brand new characters. But then you get Ahsoka comes in. Heck, we get yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi at some point. We get Darth Maul, so yeah. it's like we could have all that same stuff here. Uh, characters we have great fondness of and are very interesting can come into the mix, and then new characters too. I mean, we already know the Bad Batch, but I'm sure there's going to be new characters introduced we haven't seen before. So, um, so much. I think it has a lot to offer. I think that the initial thought when you just give people the thumbnail sketch of what this thing is, they're kind of like, eh, okay. But if you really take a minute to think about where it could go and what it what it actually can be. I think uh, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Do we have a? They haven't set a release date, have they? No. I don't think so. I the article and there might be a newer article. This is just the first one that they came out with in July. It only says 2021. So 
I don't know if maybe that is something that we are going to have announced at celebration yeah. and maybe they will come out and make an announcement. I feel like Disney probably saved a lot of things for the celebration stage stages. And now since it's been canceled, yeah. we'll have to see if they come out with that. It seems like they're holding back, right? I, I feel like. Well, do, I don't think it's a coincidence that they are suddenly releasing all this stuff. No, they're releasing quite a bit, but I'm like, I, like that was a reveal. Like, yeah. new comic book, like, that's that's cool. Like, I'm enjoying them, but, like, Clone Wars, that's, or Clone Wars, there I go again, Bad Batch, that's a reveal. That's, yeah. like, something that would have dropped at a at a panel or something yeah. at, at, uh, yeah. at a celebration. Uh, celebration. And that's oh, what I'm I was saying. I feel like... You know, that is probably something that we would have gotten. And yeah. now they're trying to figure out how to make it as dramatic yeah. and have a big release for it now yeah. that they're not going to have that platform at Celebration. Yeah. They're hold, they're holding back. I mean, I'm thinking about now. When will we have been there? Like next week? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, week after. Boy. FOMO. And it's not even happening. <laughs> Sad. But like, I mean, we there's for sure a Mando trailer coming this month at some point. And, and, but I think we would have even got more behind the scenes stuff like we did at celebration last year that was so amazing and was such great hype material um but yeah there's so much more to offer but holly you you hadn't watched all of the clone wars up uh-huh. to season seven and then you're introduced to these guys they're cocky you know it feels a little bit like the ninja turtles at least to me yeah. You know, you got the tech guy, mm-hmm. you got the big muscle, you got Raph in that there, you got sense. Donatello, you know, you got the, I don't want, I want to call him Deadshot, but that's not him, the hunter guy, that's Leo, you know, though, though there's a debate whether Leo or Raph are the leaders of the turtles, that could be another podcast episode. I would gladly I mean, debate it. It's anybody. in the theme song, Michael. <laughs> yeah. I know, but Leonardo I, Leet. Donatello does machines, okay? Does machines. Gosh, but so, you know, they reminiscent of the Turtles and maybe uh-huh. even like, I don't know, like what one of those A-team kind of, you know, movies with Stallone and like all these other big guys uh-huh. going in there and, and wrecking. Like, what was your initial impression? And when you heard that they're giving us more, were you kind of, eh, eh? Um, so... I'm going to preface this with saying my initial Mm -hmm. reaction is not how I feel now. Absolutely. So my initial reaction, I was kind of like, I don't really care about this storyline because I want to know what's happening elsewhere. Which the beginning was kind of damned, right? Because we were teased with a siege of Mandalore yes, and that that kind of epic stuff. And, And don't be ashamed to say like, my opinion changed. We all didn't like Clone oh, yeah. Wars when it started. Let's no, be honest. But, um, okay, so <laughs> something that Luke said really, I really liked, Luke, what you were saying because it, it started getting me thinking about how every character in Star Wars was a new character at some point, and yeah. they weren't always well-received. I mean, on. look at Ahsoka. People yeah. hated Ahsoka in the beat. Yeah. Personally, I didn't because hey. I met her in Rebels first. Absolutely. But that aside, I kind of feel like, personally, it was unfair of me to discount the Bad Batch because I think at some point, you don't know, we could get a show about them, and then they could become some of the most like beloved Star Wars characters down the line. It yeah. just all depends on 
how the story is written and what kind of adventures are going on and missions that they're going on and, you know, how they're interacting with their environment and other characters in the Star Wars galaxy, mm-hmm. which we hope to see some crossovers and we hope to see some more yep. of those characters coming through. Um, Cause that familiarity really does encourage us to keep watching the show to see what else happens. We like to see those cameos. Yeah. So I actually feel like if you had asked me this a few months ago, I would have been like, I don't care about this. I just want the Mandalorian. Yeah. And right now that's it. Or I want a sequel to rebels mm-hmm. or, you know, I want more Ahsoka. But I kind of feel like that's not very fair of me to say that. Yeah. And I do think I am turning into one of those people who's like, I just want more Star Wars content. Yeah. And I'm going to be happy with what we get. And I just want to see the new stuff. And I want to see right. the stories continuing. So I think that now I am kind of excited to see where it's going. And like Luke said, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And so I just, I'm curious to learn more. Yeah. And as a Star Wars fan, with all its content, you really have to, check yourself and say I'm an adult (laughs) I'm going to comb this material with the thickest criticism comb yeah and and tear it apart at times and we all have done it from time to time but even in those really sometimes unwatchable early clone wars with you know Ahsoka being as annoying she was there's characteristics about those individuals that are relatable to kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and that they, 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 they latched onto it and, and we wouldn't because, you know, we don't have the mind of a child anymore. Well, I, well that's debatable. <laughs> Very true uh, on my part. Um, but you got to remember, we, we always just, I, I, I even have to remind myself to this day, even though I love so much of what comes out to just like pause, remember who this material is really intended for and go into it with an open mind yeah i also wasn't the biggest fan of the first three episodes of season seven with the bad batch it was cool they got echo now that's awesome i love that he was saved and those characters are cool i thought it kind of served its purpose but and then when luke said you know well what about them after order 66 like we just kind of drop off we don't see or hear from them again so what does happen and then i started thinking like boy you we could start really getting into some complex characters and knowing like, yeah, there was some tiffs between them and the other clones because they were different and they were a little more badass and, and they just, you know, didn't always get along. But then it's like when you realize all your brothers are like gone and you may be the last of their kind, they have no idea. We're like, wow, that's like, I mean, that's very similar to the Jedi in ways. So we, we could definitely get some, some deeper stuff and, and some connections there. But Luke, are, are you brought it up initially what these guys supposedly are going to be out you know they got to make a living right and you know they look a little different than the other clones they're probably not that easily identifiable as a clone trooper so i mean they got to make a living they don't really have much to do now um and we're just presuming myself i guess that order 66 didn't even affect them but like so what should we expect from these guys do you think they were actually affected by order 66 do you think they fought through it or maybe they weren't even seen as useful to the emperor so he just didn't even bought like what happened here yeah i could totally see the story being that that because they're so different they have these these sort of mutations these these variances in their their genetics that make them so unique that uh the you know the the chip which kind of is the key to order 66 if you watch um season six of the clone wars of that backstory um 
that Mip like doesn't work on them or yeah. just is ineffective on them. So yeah, they could be just sort of sidestep Order sixty six by not really being affected by that because they are so unique in their their mutations or whatever you want to call it. So I can totally see that. And I I just have to comment that uh, I loved Wrecker in the Wrecker <laughs> yeah that's it. in the his just like blunt slapsticky <laughs> yeah. comedy. Uh, you know that was really fun for me. That's just like my, up my alley. So I'm looking forward to maybe you know some more of that and, and just to get to know these these clones a little more. Um, I I only watched those episodes I think once um, when the new season came out. I'm working my way through a, another Clone Wars watch and I'm in season five right now, so I'm getting nice. closer. And I'm going to watch those season seven episodes again and really kind of looking forward to revisiting the Bad Batch episodes now that this time I'm going into it. No, they're going to live on in another series. So that'll be really exciting to get another, another dive into it. But yeah, I can see them sidestep in the order 66 issue. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be amazing to see kind of where, where they take them in terms of how closely they're involved with the larger galactic events, because I was kind of pulling out the article from starwars.com announcing this and, um, kind of seeing like all the names attached and what their role is. And, you know, Filoni's name is attached Listed as an executive producer, yep, mm-hmm. which is good. Whenever we see Filoni's name attached to something, that's a warm blanket for us as Star Wars fans. Um, but then when you kind of get down into the details, I think the supervising director is Brad Rao, who had a role in Rebels and always on, also on Star Wars Resistance. I was trying to nail down what his role on Resistance was, and because Resistance to me is a weaker series because while it kind of played alongside a lot of the bigger galactic events that were going on in the sequel trilogy era, yeah, it was never like tight enough to make it really compelling. Yeah. Um, it was kind of so far removed from the bigger galactic events that, it that it, it just, it didn't feel as, um, as impactful as, as meaningful. And so I'm a little worried, like, okay, is it going to be more like that? in terms of resistance or is it going to be more like Clone Wars Rebels where you, it's, it feels really tied into everything that's going on. The, the things that are happening are meaningful. They're things that we connect with from our understanding of the previous story. Um, so maybe I can dig in a little, little bit more and find what Brad Rao's role was um, on resistance exactly. But I mean, he's got some pedigree. He also worked on Rebels, which is, which is good too. But um, immediate associations with resistance, I get a little more skeptical about yeah what the quality is going to be, but, uh, you know, let's maybe wait and see what happens. Yeah. And that, that's, that was one of my biggest, that's, I think that's why I kind of faded off of resistance because for one, it's, I mean, it's, it's once again intended for a, a, a child audience. This even a probably a younger age. Um, and we are once again, folks, another disclaimer critiquing these children's series with an adult mindset here. So when we talk about it being kind of outside of that world, that's, that's what we're saying. And, and, it, the the series was you know relatable to a lot of kids. He got uh, you know a character falling off the side of a ship into the water, and he's goofy, and he does and says goofy things, and that's appealing to children, you know, to five year olds and, and six year olds like my niece and nephew. Um, and but from us, yeah, it's kind of, and I think a lot of that Luke is probably because honestly, 
we didn't know where the hell we were going, you know, with the sequel trilogy too, and like what the galaxy really looks like. So I feel like that could have been, you know, a problem with the storytelling as well. Like, let's put them on this isolated ship and they'll have interactions with the first order and we'll show them Ben Solo and stuff and that'll be cool. But yeah, it felt just kind of, it felt unimportant. I can see the value in it for kids, but from a story perspective, it definitely was weak. Um, so yeah, that definitely gives me some cause for concern. But when you think about this group of characters and I, I know I jokingly relate them to the Ninja Turtles, but like it's so spot on in my mind, maybe with the exception of one or two. And, and that is a proven franchise that still to this day is popular. And those dynamics between the characters keep people coming, keep kids coming back, inspired a generation like myself who grew up watching the cartoons and then seeing it in live action. The live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. And does the opening <laughs> sequence open up with Raph throwing a sign and saying, damn, yes, and it's amazing. But that dynamic works with those characters. So I can definitely see this cartoon being a very established Star Wars product and going on for the future. Uh, but Holly, this time period, we're not dealing with the sequel trilogy time period, right? A mm -hmm. much more established time period. Let's assume that they weren't affected by the, 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 the purge, obviously mm -hmm. one, uh, they assumingly survive, or this is going to be a weird television series. Um, but that they're not affected by the chips and that, what happens? In your eyes, where are we going with this story? Honestly, I truly don't know. No clue. I I have absolutely no clue. So, and that's fine. I I don't know. I I think that's the only answer I can give you. And that's fair because <laughs> none of us do, and I have no clue. The only thing I can think of is just like, you know, I'm all for the really deep moments and stuff. I, I just, I feel a lot of pain amongst these guys and a, a loss of purpose, right? Like, they're told, go do this job, and they do it. And then they kind of go back and they chill out and they're cocky. And it's like, they don't, what is their purpose? So, you know, at this point, like it's, they have to have a job probably just to feel some sort of purpose, right? Yeah. So the article does say that they're picking up some mercenary missions. And so I don't know if that means that yeah. they're going in and doing things mm -hmm. for the empire or if they're, Boy. you know, cause I kind of feel like they may be in a position where, yeah, they're probably conflicted yeah. about what to do and what they experience and how people that they consider kind of their brothers. Yeah. Were they, did they feel like the general clones were as much of their brothers as they are to each other? I don't think so. So yeah. I don't know what kind of like an emotional conflict they have with that, but I don't know. I guess it could be maybe they're picking up missions from both sides or, you know, maybe one of the crime syndicates. Or That's what I was saying. Here's a perfect opportunity to start really ramping up these crime syndicates because there has to be, you know, it wasn't just an iron fist of uh, the Empire. I mean, it kind of was, right? You know, the Jedi there to protect him. But there had to have been some chaos ensuing it at all. And I'm sure that was almost... Not the kind of vacuum you would see at the end of the Empire, but definitely a vacuum of power where you probably will see crime syndicates being like, hey, whoa, some lawlessness. Cool. Let's let's start running well, some spice, you know, because that was there was there was a lot of syndicates yeah. with the Empire established. And we do know in season seven of the Clone Wars, we did see 
Darth Maul come up and we yep. did see them scheming. That's right. We a don't young, know about what. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I think I like that. I, I don't want them going for the Empire, which could be a possibility, like working for them, yeah. taking on jobs that might seem too familiar. And then you're like, what What are the other clones doing? You know, like, how, like, are we going to actually see the clones being phased out in a story? Like, we know it has to happen at some point. They choose to kind of, you know, pick people up, uh, you know, well, that's the first order from, from youth, but they take on actual, like, you know, normal folks and not clones. So that could be a cool story. Or is that too dark? I don't know. I don't know. It's a chill. I, th- I think it definitely, I think we get, I mean, if we get to where we got in clone wars and rebels, that's some, that's some of the darkest star Wars ever. Like, uh, like darker than revenge of the Sith, darker than anything. So I think they, they could go there and play in these crime syndicates and, and have them work for them and maybe question some of their character at points, maybe yeah. working against some of our heroes, our rising heroes. Uh, Luke, would you, would, would you be interested in seeing these guys? I, I don't know if they'd be working for the huts, but some other syndicates, maybe Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn, a young established at this point, establishment at this point, maybe they're doing some work for them, running some spice or something. Yeah, they have to get involved with, I think, some shady characters because I think the synopsis basically admits that they're disconnected from the the imperial military. Yeah. So you know they're yeah they're these independent actors, and at that time, I mean there is no real organized rebellion. We see that is sort of a um, you know upstanding you know <laughs> high minded rebellion it doesn't really take shape until right before. Yeah. Um, a new hope. So, uh, yeah, it's this time period where you're either with the empire or you're with probably with some sort of shady characters. If you're doing, you know, militaristic activities or bounty hunting or whatever. Uh, so definitely. And, and, uh, I think you're right. Like, I think this will, you know, be serious and dark at times. I think it's going to start out a little more lighthearted. I think these series tend to open up yeah. for the first little bit, not too heavy, not too dark, just kind of get you going. Um, you know, you see that in Rebels and Clone Wars, and then you get the, the darker, serious stuff later. It's, you know, in Clone Wars, Maul doesn't come back until season four, so you're really pretty far into it, and that's more of the darker stuff. Um, and kind of comparing it to Resistance, um, I hope since this is going straight to Disney+, Plus. they won't feel like it has to be overly kiddie, yeah. Um, I think one of Resistance's problems is it like it was made for TV. It Good aired point. on the Disney Channel uh, directly, which Rebels did too. So maybe this isn't the only reason, but maybe that was part of the reason that Resistance kind of stayed more kitty and never kind of matured. Yeah. Uh, throughout the series run, even you know, it was a short series run too, of only two seasons. But I did um, some more kind of Wikipedia, IMDb digging. Um, Brad Rao, the guy I mentioned, who's the supervising director listed for Bad Batch, um, he, it seems like he just mostly directed um, episodes of Resistance and Rebels. And when you look at his Rebels credits, it's only like five or six episodes, but they're all in season two, which is a really solid season. Yeah. And it includes the first two episodes of season two, Boy, which let's um, go. are when Vader's introduced to the yeah. series, which are very excellent. Let's go. It includes, I think, one of the best episodes of the entire series, um, the honorable ones he d- directed, which is um, when Callus and Zeb come together so um, and are stranded. I think it's one of the, the best ones out there. Yes. So his uh, his Rebels resume is just pretty solid in terms of the episodes he was involved with. So I hope 
that that um, kind of assuages some of my fears. Um, so I think he's yeah I think he's got a good enough pedigree uh, and, and handling some like serious uh, episodes of Rebels that weren't you know the lighter stuff too. And I love you bringing up the Callus and Zeb moment in Rebels because it's a you know it's a clash of ideals and but they come to an understanding and I I can see that working in. The Bad Batch. I can see. I could even see these guys splitting up, right? And you know, doing their own thing for a while. I don't think they're necessarily going to be working as a team like the whole time. I mean, maybe um, like that. What, what was the movie? The the comic book movie Holly we watched <laughs> the high the higher the mercenary for higher guys. The comic book one with the uh, the actress we love. Oh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. What was that? What is that? Uh, Boy, I can't the remember. old guard. The old guard. Fan freaking tastic. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make these guys like that, holy cow. Okay, I'm down. Uh, I, I love the framing you're giving this. I just have to interject real quick. I hope there's a, like a scene in the first couple episodes where he has to go like round up the gang again, the lead guy, <laughs> that they've all, like you said, kind of dispersed. Because that's yes. such a great like trope in certain movies yeah. or certain shows where it's like, we got to get the the gang back together. Yeah. <laughs> and let's go see where they all are now. And they're all doing these like weird different things. It's like, you, you want to come back with me? And they all just drop <laughs> what they're doing. They're like, yeah, that's way better than this. Hey, and not to mention, I know I'm going to throw another Ninja Turtles reference out of here, but that's how, you know, a lot of Ninja Turtles stories open up, <laughs> especially the CGI movie from 2008. Yes, I was in the theaters watching it, just like I was watching the Clone Wars movie. There was a theatrical release of a CGI movie, TMNT. And it was pretty awesome. In the beginning, you know, Leo was... You know, down in, in Central America, um, rounding up bad guys. Uh, Splinter said, you need to go. You need to learn more. You're, you need, you know, you're not the leader you could be. And the other guys kind of take up jobs. Mikey's, you know, entertaining it, 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 as like a clown at freaking kids' parties. Raph's out being mm-hmm. the night watcher, night stalker. I can't remember. He's out being a <laughs> night vigil- stalker. Well, I, maybe. That wouldn't be kid-friendly. That was the... But I think that might be his name anyway. (laughs) So he's out being a vigilante, taking care of crime in the city because the turtles aren't doing anything. And I think Donatello is taking up a a tech job, a call center or something. Mm -hmm. I can't remember doing IT work or whatever. But I I know this this all sounds silly, but Luke's right. That works. And that's the kind of mentality I'm at with these guys. Maybe we do flash. I mean, I've heard that we're taking – this is starting to take place right at the end of Order 66. Maybe we see them kind of escape things. And they're like, what's going on? And then we flash forward, you know, a couple years and they've separated. And then you're kind of left with like, okay, what happened? And maybe we get some flashbacks. Maybe they split up. Maybe someone did someone wrong. Well, you know? that would make sense because they also say that they are struggling to stay afloat and also find their what does it say like greater a, purpose yeah. or new their new purpose yeah and so i think that it would work well if it kind of showed them like getting into trouble and yeah. just doing what they need to do to survive yeah not necessarily always doing the right thing exactly but what they need to do to survive and then having that break up and then come back together to find that new purpose, yeah. which is for hopefully maybe a greater good moment or maybe it's not, but I'm leaning towards. Yes. It may, maybe you got the leader, maybe a hunter or whoever. I can't remember his name. I just keep calling him hunter, but it, we've been teased and God with star Wars nowadays, 
every Star Wars commentator thinks that they break news or that they are leaking. You can't believe anything unless it comes from Lucasfilm at this point because everyone thinks they got a scoop. But you're hearing teases of, hey, Ahsoka and uh, Rex are going to be in this series. Could those guys potentially be out there being like, God, we could really use an epic crew to get things back. You know, we need we need to start a rebellion. We need to start. How are we going to do this? We don't. It can't just be me and you, Rex. Like we're just two people. And you know, we're going to read the Ahsoka book, Holly. You know, plug for the the uh, uh, book club here, so we know a little bit about Ahsoka. But like, what is going to be their part in this? Could they be the people that round up the crew and say, "Guys, you used to be epic. Remember, you were the bad batch." Bad meaning good. Like you're out here doing bad. You're running. Spy- like this is you're better than this. Maybe they'll need that, or maybe I kind of like it better coming from one of them. Right? They've they've yeah. had a kind of a, a moment to say, "What are we doing?" I think it would be more meaningful if I it agree. came from one of them. I agree, especially because I feel like if we have Ahsoka and Rex come into the story yeah. now, I kind of feel like it discredits where they both are in rebels yeah yeah and so i don't want to i don't like that idea of that overlap yeah it's 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 interesting because there's a lot we need to learn we need to learn what happened to ahsoka and rex like how does rex end up on that planet with his brothers just kind of you know kicking back doing some fishing some sand fishing. and i I don't know i haven't read ahsoka which is why we're reading it in the book club so no spoilers for me please so I don't know what is disclosed in that novel and what's yeah. not. We'll find out. That so I don't want to. Sure. I don't want to say something about like Ahsoka and Rex right now, and then have someone be like, "Well, you should have read the book before you talked about yeah, it." Yeah, God, and Holly. I know. I just. I don't know. Yeah. No. That's. Hey. There's so much to learn. Will we learn it in 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 the Bad Batch? I don't know. But the more we talk about it, the more I'm thinking, hey, there's a great dynamic here that's tried and true. You got five, four or five brothers. Well, maybe six now with Echo. Like. That's a great dynamic that's worked in, in, in television for a long time, and I think it would work here. And I think I think Star Wars needs that. You know, I'm yep. down for that. Um, you know, a little little in-house fighting. Let's have them get back, get back together, and maybe that higher purpose is the rebellion. And maybe they see what Ahsoka and them are doing. They're like, cool, we could be a part of something better you know we're better we were better than our brothers you know they've fallen but we can we can avenge them you know kind of like Maul said we can avenge them um but we'll see i don't know guys there's there's a lot of unknowns here but i'm looking forward to it i think after this conversation way more so than i was you know when it was announced back in uh july at some point can't believe we're just talking about it now holly but we finally (laughs) got to it as promised guys and hey the more we learn we may get a little teaser here soon who knows with celebrations supposed to be happening you know next week in 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 another realm uh maybe we'll get some more more information or maybe that mando trailer that we've all been uh We've all been waiting for um, very, very, very patiently, Lucasfilm. Let, let's have that happen. Um, but, guys, we did read, as promised, the issue number five of the Star Wars mainline. Uh, if you recall, in the past issues, all of our heroes went on a, a little uh, a little side quest to Bespin. Uh, they all were kind of doing their own things. Leia looking for Han, uh, figuring out how uh, Car- uh, uh, I almost said Kryptonite. Kryptonite, wrong Pete's franchise. Different franchise. Uh, figuring out how you know what happened to Han. Uh, we got Luke looking for his blaster. I think uh, I think Lando was trying to save Lobot. 
some some stuff going on. Everyone had their own kind of thing. Uh, Luke leaves those guys um, in search of his lightsaber, Holly. Um, and that's that's what this we we finally have been waiting for a little more Luke Skywalker here, um, and I'm ready to see what trials he goes through here. So, Holly, we're we're in his mm-hmm. we're in his 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 uh, his X-wing, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Right? That's how we open it up. Yes. And he has, you know, he recalls having some visions, right? What, what, what is what's he thinking about here? Oh, maybe I'm confused. I yeah. thought we started in the bar. Boy, we did start in the bar. See, this is why I don't recant <laughs> stories, Holly. Okay, so we actually start in the bar with what appears to be... This is when I, when I first... Yeah. Okay, when I read this, I think I read the first panel, and I was like, what? Come on. This doesn't make... I had a not-my-Luke-Skywalker moment. Boy, Holly, <laughs> that is a bold statement. Um, Because we start with what appears to be Luke Skywalker bragging about how... Yeah. He took down the Death Star. Cocky. Wearing Cocky sunglasses. Yeah. And I was like, this something's up. This yeah. is suspicious. And then, of course, then you have Darth Vader coming in. It, like, Luke Skywalker was having, like, a Harry Potter moment where he was. he was like, I am the chosen one. Absolutely. Okay. And then Darth Vader comes in and he's like, don't say these things. And now yeah. I'm going to kill you. And You're then not, he does. What does he say? You're not a Skywalker. He says, this, what does well, he say? Skywalker's so, dead? No. So he says that he's not really Luke Skywalker, or he asks him, and then the imposter <laughs> was like, no, no, I'm not really Luke Skywalker. I just wanted people to give me a job. Yeah. Okay, well, you shouldn't have done that because now you're dead. And Darth Vader was like, well, no one's going to care tomorrow because I'm going to murder you yeah, right here. Nobody. And then Darth Vader has this really badass line where he's just like, Skywalkers die. Yeah. I thought that was such a sick line that was cool. because he just murders someone who is pretending to be his own son. Yeah. And then he's talking about Skywalker's die and he's just like I killed Anakin. Yeah. Trying to kill Luke. I mean, a very definitive moment. This is Vader. If there's any question right now, if he's struggling with anything, that seems like a hard no to me. Yeah. Uh, Luke, I kind of giggled when I saw the Luke Skywalker with the sunglasses. I was like, not like Holly, not my Luke Skywalker. No way. He's not some cocky maverick out there bragging about bringing down the Death Star <laughs> looking for jobs. So like, And then Vader shows up. And how they introduced Vader, Holly, was awesome with showing his shadow on the dude's back. I was like, this ain't good. Uh-huh. This ain't good. Um, but uh, a great moment there for Vader uh, choking that guy out. Um, and uh, was misled, I think, by one of his officers with some intel, some bad intel, but ended his life there. But that that statement of Skywalker's die, I mean, speaking of his son, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're weak, just like I was. But, I, I mean, what did you think of that interaction, man? Yeah, I think it kind of lines up nicely with, uh, with the Vader line going. I think that, that's one of the cool things about when they, when they have these different lines going in the comics realm. Yeah. But they're kind of going through the same time period. So, like, the Vader line is working through the same immediately post-Hoff time period. And, and we have, you know, the Vader that we've talked about on, on our previous episodes where he's ticked off yeah. at, at uh, how his son turned out. You know, he perceives him to be weak. Yeah. Um, and he wants to find the people who made him weak in that Vader line. And so I think that lines up with, like, that um, that mindset that he has at this moment, you know, this, the Skywalkers, the Skywalkers are weak sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we know it's a little more complicated than that. We know he's still kind of fighting the light inside of him throughout. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he's putting on that face that yeah, yeah, Skywalkers are weak. I kill Skywalkers. I, I've destroyed Skywalkers. So you don't want to run around saying you're a Skywalker. Yeah, no, don't do that. An enraged Vader. You got to remember, his son just rejected him. Yeah. You know, I don't think so, Dad. Cut off my hand. I'm jumping out of this bitch. See ya. You know, like that. He he was he asked him to join him. Absolutely not. Disgusted that he was his father. So he's a little upset. You know, he's upset. He's a little pansy. And you know, he he's you know going around using that Skywalker name. Skywalker's dead. Okay. You shouldn't even have been given that name. It's a weak name, and I'm going to end that name if you won't join me. So I thought that was a pretty cool opening. As cheesy as it seemed at the beginning, I was like, wow, that was pretty impactful. I thought it was pretty baller. Right? Uh, so, Holly, we, we, though, then were in actual Luke's X-Wing, right? And uh-huh. he, he recants a, a vision that he had while on Bespin facing his father, correct? Yeah, what was that? Remember the, the, the lady in the cloak, he says. I had a vision. There was a lady in a cloak there, um, and the force is, is compelling me to go find her. And uh, Luke, do you recall what the planet's name is that he's? Uh, Sergia, Sergia, something yeah, like that. Sor- Serenia or something like that. Sorelia. Sorelia. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, we got there eventually. Um, and it senses her there, right, and goes and looks for her on that planet. So we've abandoned the lightsaber search at this point. It seems like he's he's looked for it. He he actually says though. Do you think R two the lightsaber could be on Serenia or whatever it is, Serelia? And uh, R two says something. He beeps at me. He says, "Yeah, unlikely. I think too. But the force is pushing me here, and I had That's this right. vision of this woman, and I think she's there. And boy, is he lucky. I mean, you want to talk about the lucky shot? One in a million, you know, take it down the Death Star. This dude just happens to come across this planet. He's like, there's a coastline. I'm going to land my X-Wing here. I, <laughs> she could be here, right? And there she, she is, is, fishing on the coastline. I mean, what a freaking coincidence. That's the force guiding that's right. him. That's what I'm talking about. He need The force needed him in that moment to yep. find her. Ah, and, and he s- did. And he does. And so <laughs> she... He's like, hey, like, he just approaches her straight up. Like, I'm, I'm I feel like this, the force... Uh, I, I feel like this is a pickup line, Holly. Okay, let's hear it. Hey, so uh, <clears throat> here's a gin and tonic. And uh, also, I think the force brought me here to meet you. Is that something you're going to buy? No, I would say I wanted the vodka cranberry and go back to where you came. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the percentage, what's the percentage of women that would like have any, uh, yeah. any utility on? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing. But here's the thing, though. If you have a night, uh, if uh, let's say a woman could go up to to anyone, anyone who is interested in someone could go up and use this line. And if this person's a nerd on the receiving end, maybe they're like, hey, that's cute. You want my number? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is maybe. That, or is, is it creepy? Or is it just one of those cheesy, like, did you fall from heaven? Like that kind of stuff. I don't know. Like, I think it just depends on your vibe when you're delivering it. Yeah, because yeah. I think that there are certain things that you can say in a certain way yeah. that are not creepy. And yeah. then it's. Very easy to yeah. make a pickup line seem yeah. very creepy. Well, and lucky for Luke in this moment, he didn't mention his laser sword. So I feel wow. like that really probably would have pushed her even more. But no, so, so in all seriousness. What would that pickup line be? Hey, I lost my laser sword. Can you find it? <laughs> you want to help me find it? Boy, we are really making this a really 
non-PG podcast, and okay. I love it. Uh, PG-13, folks. Carry on. Uh, carry on. So he does, in all seriousness, approaches her and says, I think the Force brought me here to find you. And she says something along the lines of, oh, you want to be a Jedi? And then takes off, Holly. Yeah. Runs away from Luke. He's like, no, I... The seriously, I'm and and in a you know a stalkerish like you know kind of way he follows her. And keep in mind, guys, the time frame. Yeah. I Come mean, on. she's terrified. You're right. I mean, it's who, yeah. Can exactly. you blame her? Not after knowing who this person is. Not so. after playing Fallen Order. Boy, you're absolutely right. So we ran from the Inquisitors too. <laughs> everyone does. <laughs> um, I would have for sure, um, unless I had a laser sword. But we'll see. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, no, I'm not doing any fan fiction. But so he he well, follows her. He 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 has a. I think I think he picks up a uh, a jet ski, uh, something like a jet ski. A jet ski. ski. It, it was something. like a boat. It was a boat. It was. A it small handled boat. like a. Was he say a sick bantha? A sick bantha. One of the best. Not like man. Check out the sick. No, not bantha. like cool bantha. Like a like a literally this thing's dying Ew. and I can't. It won't move. I mean, banthas alone, not the most mobile, but. Um, so real slam on the Banthas there, but so he follows her to an Island and, and there's moments here where Luke's trying to use the force to like control the boat and control the water and has a mishap. I think she, she even hit him with a big thing of fish when she ran off. Oh yeah. That was gross. Yeah. So, so Luke's having some troubles controlling the force, you know, like you think of like episode six, Luke, I mean, he's shutting doors with the force. He's doing cool things. Like he's using mind tricks here, not a polished Luke. And that just, you know, shows you the, the time span here that we're going to delve into in this comic book. And, uh, so ends up on this Island tracks her, um, tracks her to a cave. Right. And there's, this thing is booby trapped. It's like Indiana Jones up here. You got darts flying. There's just booby traps everywhere. Although he did say, Come on. I had worse things thrown at me on Dagobah. Which I don't believe that. What I, could have it I'm been? I'm sorry. Yoda was not that hard on you, Luke. You ran, you did a couple sprints. You did some backflips. I mean, I don't recall him throwing daggers at you. Or snakes. Well, that actually would be terrifying. I, See, I agree That might with be that. worse. Yeah, maybe he did throw a snake at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw you, Yoda, if that's what you're doing. That's don't rude. play people like that. Anyway. So, falls into this cave. And ends up in this trap, right? Wait, but first, oh, okay, yep. He makes a really funny comment, Luke. Okay, oh god, Luke I forget was, all these awesome details. I'm <laughs> Luke sorry. is actually really funny in this comic, right? He has like a really good sense of humor he in does. this one. It Absolutely, was, I thought so. He was like, "Why does the force love creepy caves?" Yeah, why does the force Great love point. creepy caves? When he ends up on that beach on the island, he's like, "Oh yeah, I love sand." Did I like, tell you are too? How much I love sand? Yeah, like yes, it's silly writing, and I appreciate it, but it's it. It was fun. But also it shows you how, even though he is the son of Anakin Skywalker, he there are parts of him that are so starkly yeah. different. Yes. Well, and that's why he rejects hate, Holly, and he rejects darkness because they right. are different. That's right. And and uh, Anakin, you know, eventually not, realizes, yeah. hey, hey, my son is better than me. A but, little bit uh, stronger, maybe not so weak. Exactly. So Luke, Luke gets in this trap. Uh, he he's in like some cell, and this this person shows up and 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 decloaks. Um, no, and not a real sexy way. Just takes her cloak off. We find it is a a female. He recognized it to be a female. Yeah, in his he vision. knew that. And that and that kind of surprised me. Maybe yeah. catching my own sexism that I yeah. assume yeah. that somebody dressed up that he's looking for would be a dude, dude that's obviously not correct well luckily luke sees through the cloak 
Uh, so he, 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 he knew she was a female. She revealed herself. Um, and this character ends up being someone that some of you will be familiar with. Not a lot of you, though. I was not. If you've read the second Vader line, um, you're introduced to this character. Um, her name is Verla. And so she's in- trapped uh, Luke Skywalker here. Um, and Verla we saw in the second Vader line. Um, I'd say towards God, middle of the road, towards the end of the, the second Vader line. Um, and she is the apprentice of, oh, Holly, I was going to you Baron. for the name. Oh, boy. Wait. Boy. Wikipedia, you failed me. <laughs> oh, here I it comes. Because I, I remember you said it, and I was like, what? Farron Barr. Yeah, that's the one. So you find out that this Farron Barr was a Jedi who, who um, survived the Purge and uh, ended up kind of deceivingly, you know, convincing the Mon Cows to fight back against the Empire. It ended up not going so great for the Mon Cows, but he was kind of this, like, secret, like, ins- like I don't know, an instigator, but was counseling the Mon Cows. Basically, the Sphere and Bar had a vision of the Empire following and Palpatine falling. And he said, like, you know, the Mon Cows are a strong people. They got strong ships. Like, they can, they could be the people to kind of instigate a, a necessary rebellion. And so he kind of instigates this confrontation, which we'll go into a, some other time when we talk about the, the Vader uh, comic line. But he survives uh, Order 66, and we won't talk too much about his fate. You need to read that line. But he took an apprentice. Now, Verla is not a Jedi, she is just a force sensitive that this um, what, F- Farron, what Farron, Bar. Farron Bar, forgot his name already, took on and tried to train her. So we see her manipulating the force too. And she actually reads Luke's mind in the moment, right? And and she's like, wow, like, he's like, hey, I just like, I'm really trying to like learn something. Like, I need information. I'm like, I'm trying to become a Jedi, this and that. And she reads his mind, which is awesome. We don't see that a lot on the light side of things. That's what I sidebar yeah i actually maybe i'm just missing it i don't know that i've at least not in the movies i'm probably missing it but i don't know seeing anybody yeah know how to use that kind of power and like seeing that she's not like a jedi and she didn't go to jedi academy and all that stuff hello people guess what you could be a strong force user and not have been yeah. Like officially professionally trained to be a Jedi. Absolutely. So or a Sith. So one one thing she admires about Luke in that moment is that he's being honest, right? I mean, you're telling the truth. You're not deceiving me. And we find out that she's so cautious because of of, you know, her master and the stories she heard from him of Order 66. So when, you know, he sees some she sees someone chasing her, she's automatically thinking it's an inquisitor and uh, spoiler alert in the Vader line runs into some inquisitors. So she has reason to fear being found or she calls them hunters. Yeah. Um, and she's referencing the inquisitors there. So, um, and then Luke's like, like she's like, okay, I like, I believe you and, and, and stops essentially torturing him with rising water in the cell and then starts to read his mind a little more and sees that he's hiding something. And this was Luke. This was one of my favorite moments of this comic book, you know, little pieces of episode five, the moments that Luke's having losing his hand, Vader reaching out and she puts it all together and says, Oh my God, Darth Vader is your father. And she recalls, you know, 
the Mon cows and and this Sith Lord that hunted them and his his apprentices essentially and the Inquisitors. She recalls that individual who may or may not have had an encounter with her former master. Wait, you're the son of this man? And then proceeds to freak out, yell at him, and then allow the seawater to rise to we presume drown Luke Skywalker. Luke not you know the character that we thought. I, I we did some predictions on who this this figure was that we saw on Bespin, but none of us had a freaking clue. This is who we saw. But what did you think of that interaction? I mean, she's not a hugely prominent character, but but a really cool perspective of a non Jedi, you know, believing this master and 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 caring about him so much, and she's just been living in hiding this entire time an individual that was tasked by her master to go out there and learn, finish your training and, and, and be the light for this rebellion. What did you think of that moment? It definitely got really serious there in the end. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in, in just a moment, but I have to say one of my theories on, uh, you know, why he referenced that he'd gone through worse at Dagobah was, was having Yoda on his back all the time. <laughs> you know, Poking yeah. it with a stick. Run, <laughs> jump. I can be a backpack while you run. Swing from Harry Vine. I can be a backpack while you climb. Um, or maybe he's thinking of that root stew that he was forcing him to eat all the, the food, time. Let me tell you. Oh, God. Um, Boy. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I think we always, kind of going back to the Bad Batch discussion, we want things to tie in to make it feel meaningful. And so we yeah. want, like, the big characters yeah. to show up. That we love, and obviously you're dealing with Luke Skywalker, who's like the biggest character of all. So right. obviously you got that here. But then, yeah, when we're speculating about who is this, we want it to be maybe somebody who, who makes a bigger impact on us. But at least, like you said, it took me a minute to remember it. It wasn't until like the pains showing the Inquisitors and stuff, yeah, that my mind started going to that second Vader line. I was like, oh, it's it's she's from that that Mon Cala uh, arc um, in the second Vader line, yeah. Um, which is which is a which is a good arc and it's um a good line. So definitely take a look at that. So it is somebody that if you're in tune with the comics, it it's somebody that's not totally new, which is nice because if it's just somebody totally out of the blue, you're Absolutely. like, well, what's how is that meaningful? Um, but at least it's somebody with a history, and then you can go and connect that if you look at those comics too and see her history more definitely. more fully played out. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a good use of um, a character in that way, even though maybe it's you know not as big as somebody that we would have speculated about yeah. like, oh, who could this be. <laughs> but it does have a, a, a more than just like a surface level connection to things. So that's nice. You can you can dig into it further. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting for her to like have that perspective because that arc takes place. Um, Shortly after Revenge of the Sith, yeah. you know, a few years after Revenge of the Sith, um, and so she's she's been around for a while, so she knows the whole history. She knows the purge and everything, and yep. can like tune Luke into this stuff. And who's he's kind of oblivious to that history, and yeah. we assume that the Luke of the space in between Return of the Jedi and the sequel trilogy is delving into a lot of history. And definitely the Luke in the Last Jedi we get is displaying that that's what he was doing yeah. in that time period. Okay. Rebellion's over. I don't have to worry about just fighting a war and surviving it. Now I can learn and, and dig into this Jedi lore. Yeah. Uh, whereas at this moment in the story, right after Empire, like he doesn't, he hasn't had time to go do that. He doesn't know. Yeah. And, and she's just like laying it on him, like, "Yo, you're so naive. You don't even know yeah. what, what you're getting into." 
it's cool that you mentioned like the last Jedi Luke. You know, some people say not my Luke Skywalker. I, I think it's a great Luke Skywalker. And to think of him when he talks about, you know, bringing on that, like the, you know, all of this happened, a dark Lord rose and, and the Jedi were destroyed and thinking Verla, <laughs> you know, enlightened him to that. And, it, and we, we all just assume, well, of course, Luke Skywalker would have some idea of the purge, right. And what he's up against. And it's, it's so awesome. I love that. Like, obviously, when George Lucas was, you know, creating the original trilogy, I'm sure he didn't have, you know, a Jedi purge necessarily, like, as we know it now, in the back of his mind when he's writing it. And what Star Wars does is they take these moments now. It's like, Luke Skywalker has no idea about the purge. So what was, you know, Yoda holding back? Like, it's just like him and his sister, right? Like, Obi-Wan, you should have told me. It's like, what else were they hiding from? You didn't tell you that the Jedi were being hunted by your father? Well, he didn't say his father, but like that there's these, you know, other force sensitives out there and they make it purposeful. Then it's like, well, now he's going to start questioning. Why didn't you tell me that, Obi-Wan? Yoda, why didn't you? That could have been useful information that there's others out there like me that aren't so necessarily like, you know, nice (laughs) and they want to see me dead. Uh, So to me, that's just. It's it's so effective, and and we're getting a character, a, a female who has a cool force power here that not too many people have, um, and it's it's awesome that we're dealing with someone that once again wasn't a Jedi, right? It's almost kind of like a Ray who has these powers and is learning from them, but doesn't really have anyone to train with or to train her, and so she's probably learning a lot from her experiences there on Sorellian, Sorellia, um, you know, becoming a fisherman or whatever. And, and you kind of, I don't know, to me, maybe he trains with her a little bit here. I don't know. Is he just going to get valuable information about the, the past or is he actually going to train with her? Will he learn, you know, could this, you know, explain to us why Luke Skywalker is a lot more powerful here in, in episode six. And he, he's trained with someone else who's a force sensitive Holly. Um, what did you think? I think that, <laughs> Oh, that's like a loaded question. But I <laughs> I think that I don't think that he will train with her. Okay. Because I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. Uh, and she already said, you know, you are stronger in the force than I am. Mm-hmm. So. She did. Great call. Great pull. But I do think that what she's going to provide Luke is the background information, like you said, that he didn't have. And I think that's when you're going to see a very quick maturing of Luke Skywalker as he understands the full gravity of the situation that he's been thrown headfirst into. Fantastic. I feel like, you know, he knows that he's in danger. Obviously he's not so naive that he's just like, Oh, I can go run around the galaxy and la di da. Like I'll be fine no matter what happens. Yeah. But I feel like understanding Order 66 and what happened and who called for it. And that history is going to kind of be a wake up call. Not that he hasn't already had one. Yeah. Hello. But, you know, <laughs> if you didn't see that, Holly just waved her hand and, <laughs> you know, and, and calling out Luke Skywalker for losing a limb. But yeah. I just feel like it's just adding into what he already 
may have suspected, you know, this is a very serious situation, but now I firsthand am understanding how serious it still is. If this woman is still terrified of being hunted down by someone trying to kill yeah. her just because she's force sensitive, such as I am. Great point. And she has a lot more experience with this than I do. And yeah. maybe I should take my safety and the safety of those around me a little bit more seriously, which I think is going to maybe encourage him to become that more mature yeah. Luke that we see. I love that. And, and I'm glad you mentioned his, you know, her saying you're more powerful than me. Cause yeah, maybe that's just our way of saying, okay, they're not going to train. Maybe he, maybe, you know, he does know a little more than her already. Yeah. Who knows? But I, I love that you're saying we're going to add a little more depth to Luke Skywalker and he's going to understand there's, there's, there's more at play here. Yes. It's not just my daddy's evil and, and he's, coming after, and he's coming after me and there's an empire. It's like, an entire like like way of life and entire people were wiped out. And also, who else is still hiding out there? Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. going to be a really big question. Well, if you survived and you are trying to make a life for yourself while hiding from the Inquisitors, yeah. who else is doing that, and where are they now? Yeah, and that's Luke learning, getting a little history lesson, learning more about the Purge, and, and not just learning, you know. Obi-Wan telling him, hey, yeah. I, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars, like, yeah. and, and, and he was betrayed by Darth Vader. And it's like, that's the history he has. And I'm sure the history that the people, you know, post Rise of the Empire is limited. We've eliminated a lot of the history of the Republic. So those growing up mm -hmm. in that are, are getting a very isolated dose of what that history actually yeah. looked like. And something else that I appreciate that this comic did, which I didn't know who Verla was before this. Mm -hmm. So this was my first introduction and I was actually shocked yeah. when like Luke said in the comic, we have to go after her. I think I yeah. literally, Michael was like up here setting up and I was reading the comic. I was like, her, her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, but something else that I really like about, and if you've listened to our conversations on the casual council about the force, I think this will kind of echo it. I really like the idea of people who are force sensitive, not necessarily understanding their power, but yeah. using it in a way that benefits them. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's something that she probably did when she was growing up. That's something that we saw with Ray. Yeah, um, exactly. Doing on Jakku. And I think that, it also kind of ties in with what we were all saying in the last Jedi about the broom boy. Yep. Like, who are these children? How can they be using, how can they be doing this? What's going to happen with them? And I kind of feel like this is not new to Star Wars. Yeah. There are Force-sensitive people all over the galaxy who are just using it like, cool, I can, I could pick up a rock or yeah. I could do this or I can read your mind yeah. and they learn to do that themselves. It, I can get a bigger catch of fish out in the sea. Like she may be using it just for that purpose. Who knows? It doesn't have to now. be sinister and it doesn't necessarily have to be something that they're like, wow, I can use this to save the world. Cause uh, it, honestly, her master wanted her to go out and train to be a, like a, a, a knight for change in the galaxy. And it's like, maybe that was too much for her. Right. Maybe it was just a, like to survive was all she could do. Right. And if you don't have anyone to show you the way, it's like, I mean, Ray probably would have had a similar circumstance. Right. Like, I, I don't know. She 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 got kind of the force maybe involved her th in things more. But that wasn't this individual's path. Maybe it was just to survive. And it, it's not, 
you know, not every force user is going to bring down an empire. Is They're just not all going to yeah. be able to do that. But they do serve a purpose exactly. in the galaxy. And in this scenario so far, her purpose seems to just be educating mm-hmm. Luke. Yeah. Yeah, Luke, do you, what, what, what do you think of, of Verla and, like, what, what are we going to see from her and Luke? Is this just a history lesson? I mean, I know some people think they could train, but I, I like the idea, really, of them not. And maybe that... Maybe Luke learns a little more elsewhere, but it's more of a history history lesson here, and that he's just it's really hitting him now. Like this is this is bigger than just my family issues that makes I think Star Wars great, but it's bigger than that. Yeah, I think when you look at the time period that this this line is going through the the post Empire pre Return of the Jedi time period, think about the huge amount of growth of the character of Luke. Yeah from the end of empire to where we see at the beginning of return of the Jedi, where he walks into Jabba's palace with like such a command of yeah. things. And so confident in, in his um, ability with the force to kind of like portraying himself as a Jedi master at that point. So we know there's a tremendous amount that he must go through in that in between time period. And so this is some, some waypoint along that journey that we're witnessing here. Um, so I don't I don't expect him to get all of that growth from his interaction here with Merla. Yeah. You know, four or five issues into this series, which is probably going to go dozens and dozens of issues. Yeah. Um, but she's she's a waypoint and, and you know, he's going to learn something from her and, and she's going to set him maybe down the next step of his of his journey. She's going to point him in the, the, the next direction he needs to go uh, to continue on that path. Uh, so it's. He's going to pick up a lot here and there from from different different um, encounters, different experiences in this in this line, and you know Verla is just just one of those along the way. And I don't know if you guys picked this up. Was she sent that she said? What did she say? She said something. You want to be a Jedi, and then she mentions almost like she had been watching him. Like she was sent there to watch him in that moment. But if she were actually there in that moment on Bespin, she would have seen, you know, the interaction with him and Vader, right? Like she caught the lightsaber. Did she not? I'm confused by was she actually present there (laughs) or is this just a vision that he had and you need to seek this person to learn more. And that's the force saying you don't understand the full picture yet. But to me, there was a moment there almost, in my opinion, I need to go back and read it again. That It felt like she was almost sent there and be like, you're not worthy of being a Jedi. Like I've watched you. I need to go back and read that again because it almost felt like she was sent there, but I could be totally wrong. Holly, did you not pick that up at all? I don't actually know what part. If you hand me the thing, I can find oh, it. Boy, but I, I don't, can't reach down. I don't actually know what part you're talking about. Cause I, I think that's more of uh, the vision that Luke was having. Because yeah. okay. there, there was an image in the earlier issue of the line of her, like, yeah, catching the saber as it drops in yeah. Bespin. But I don't think that actually happened because in the one of the prior issues, you see the Ugnaught. Yeah, who finds the saber at the like the exactly. trash in the trash heap on Bespin? So I think that was just the Force vision sort of guiding Luke towards her yeah. was his this image of her kind of catching the saber, 
there on, on Bespin, but I, I don't think she was ever there or any, anything like that. It feels and wait, she said yeah. I've been watching you. I I could have read into something. I need to go back and read it oh. again. We'll talk about it again because I think okay. it's important. But I I don't know. And there's there has to be some deeper meaning behind her catching that saber. Right? We're, we're going to think about it. We're going to squat on it. Guys, I feel like I needed to reread the entire comic <laughs> okay. line before we read this well, one. Because I don't really... I feel like I'm not really remembering anything. When you have a multiple-month gap uh, in it's issues, hard. it's tough to, to yeah, recall Yeah, especially when you're reading the other Vader yeah. line oh, yeah. at the same time and he's in both of the comics i feel like i keep getting them mixed up yeah not sure if it was intended to be released like this but it's getting a little confusing so we're, we're going to read that again but I, I i love also luke referencing the the luke skywalker and and, and return and he does he, he's so commanding coming in there but sometimes i'm like that's a facade luke like you were deceived by job of the hut like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as, as established as we think he is, and he does that salute off the barge, and it's so badass that he whips himself up off the diving board, and he whips out a lightsaber. These, it seems like he's established, but don't forget, Jabba the Hutt duped him, and he had no idea what was going on, and, you know, fell to his, and, and to his prison there with, uh, with, with uh, Mr. Big. Uh, I don't recall what his name was, but... Uh, I just I love that because even then, like he's even 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 uh, I think Jabba said you're not a Jedi, not yet, or something. Someone said that, but uh, I love that Luke still has training to do, and he goes to Octu, and he's still learning even more. Um, but you know, sorry. Oh, let's go. Isn't I mean, that, two hour podcast, whatever. Let's do it. Hey, an hour and twenty one minutes yeah. in, and we're still going. At least we're recording. <laughs> yes, um, I just feel like. What at that point is yeah. kind of like what truly is the defining moment that makes you a Jedi? Because Boy. I feel like all of them, even the Jedi on the Jedi, Jedi Council, are still learning yeah. and still have a lot to learn. You know, I mean, even we see Yoda being wise, but everything changes yeah. so much. And you think that Yoda knows everything, but there's stuff that Yoda clearly didn't know. You, you supposedly face the trials, and I feel like that's kind of a fluid reference. It's like the trials could be anything, and it's it's all attuned to you, and you need to overcome but it just, what could really throw you into darkness. It I, just yeah. feels like, I don't know. It just feels like it's more than that, though, because. Yeah, come on. We could, let's do a whole episode. <laughs> okay, we could do a whole episode about it. I'm down. Okay. Let's all do our research. What when do you become a Jedi Knight? I feel like it's kind of a it's you know there's no place you can go say this is it like I know everything that there is to know exactly. now and I'm ready to become a Jedi. I just feel like yeah. there's more than that. Absolutely. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little research there, and it's just yeah, I think it could be a fun conversation. But I I, I was so pleasantly surprised getting back into this. You know, some of the fun missions we've been on in this main line, and then now we're getting to the kind of the meat of Luke Skywalker. Luke getting enlightened. Luke being like, whoa, this is bigger than the Skywalker, you know, TV drama that's going on in my life. My daddy is evil, and he hates me, and why wasn't he there to raise me? You know, I, I, I could have been more, you know? And, and I, oh boy, I'd like to see a little of that darkness come out that we saw in Luke Skywalker early earlier in this line remember those times yeah. remember luke using the force to to mess up tie fighters boy i want to see him you know dabbling in it a little bit overcoming that darkness and maybe you know with this new information that he has that could be a big challenge for him knowing yeah. like 
boy, your father was capable of a lot more than you even realize. So you need to be more careful. Because we do see a chipper Luke Skywalker in the beginning of this. And I even commented on that. I was like, man, he is funny in this one. But you forget that a a few issues ago, he was in a really dark place. Using some force powers that, you know, we haven't seen in a long time, maybe even ever. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm exci- I love talking about Luke Skywalker. He's my favorite Star Wars character, and I, I just love it. He's a little, he's a complex guy, and I like that we're giving him some more depth here, and that he's he, he has the information, and maybe the decisions he made, and, and and you know, in the sequel trilogy, made a little more sense to people after he you know goes through some of these trials. Um, I'm excited for that, uh, guys. This is a, this is a, a win here for me that none of you can see. But if you can't, I, I'm moving my microphone boom arm, and it's not squeaking at all because, damn it, Michael went and got some WD-40 and sprayed the hell out of those springs, Holly. Um, and, boy, it's smooth as I'll get out now. So hopefully no weird sounds coming from the microphones anymore, but we'll find out. Phrasing. Phrasing. Uh Guys, I hope you enjoyed the hell out of that conversation. I know I did. I'm super excited for the Bad Batch now. I I think our entire panel here is. I am so pumped for more mainline Star Wars. Give me all the Luke Skywalker. Give me all the Skywalker drama. And and give me a more enlightened, um, deeper Luke Skywalker, uh, who I think more people could come to understand uh, an older Luke Skywalker if they kind of read these things and see where his headspace was. It's a lot for a kid to take on who's supposed to save the world, right? Who has this family drama and now realizes, wow, you know, my people were wiped. And it was my father who did it. Like, it's just so complex, and I love it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. We have so much more to talk about. Not in this episode, because we would be pushing two hours. But we have more to talk about. There's a Thrawn excerpt, a new Thrawn excerpt, Holly, that we are going to check out. Uh, Luke, there's a little homework for you for next week. We're going to read that guy. And also, we have a issue number four of the new Darth Vader line. Holly, the yep. cover is teasing... Padme and Vader embracing. I'm trying to avoid spoilers all over the <laughs> interwebs, and I didn't even realize this issue came out uh, so quickly. We're on a weekly schedule, it and seems we're sure now. it's Padme, girl, and not Sabe. I haven't opened up the issue yet, Shoot. so your guess <laughs> is as good as mine. Is it Sabe? Is it Padme? Is it Jar Jar Binks in disguise? None of us know. But we're going to find out next week, and we're going to talk about it. So read up on your comics, folks. We'll be back same time next week. See ya.